0: Hmm. Maybe. Maybe it's not recording from. Yeah, but if you say it's fine, then just let's. How you say? Let's wing with it.
1: Let's wing it. Yeah, let's wing it. <laughs> I
0: let's have Let's no, wing with it. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> it's your language. It's not mine.
1: That's true. <laughs> how do you say "let's wing it" in Switzerlandish?
0: Uh, is there a term for it? Maybe. Einfach machen. What? Mache.
1: I can't do that with my mouth.
0: You can't? <laughs> <einfach mache.
1: laughs>
0: Just let's do it. Would that be like? Einfach mache.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Almost. <laughs> not so close, but yeah. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. So it works somewhat. The audio is not too bad. And it is our first Podcast episode this year, what you I say know. about that
1: that's disappointing in us
0: disaster that's awful let's Let's say sorry to all our people out there who are listening to this podcast, but actually, there are quite <laughs> a few. I didn't really? realize yeah, we can't say numbers on we don't talk numbers here, right? It's like but
1: I have no idea what goes on on the podcast, and that's a hundred percent you <laughs> looking at our outline right now. What is this? Xenthus? Zen- Zensethis? Or Pamphibidius?
0: Dentist? What? No, zen- we, we don't. I don't we know how, don't how to talk say talk about one... dentist here.
1: No, 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 no. No, we don't. <laughs> I didn't say dentist. X-E-N-E-S-T-H-I-S. Xenestis. Xenestis?
0: Yeah, that's Xenestis. Uh, that's a genus.
1: Uh, yeah, I, well, I, I know I have huh. one, but I just say X because oh like, really
0: right? okay so that yeah. would be a pronunciation session then yeah it would be mm. synesthes no but i i heard people like u.s people say synesthesis or so probably there are many ways around it
1: i don't know but i will say pamphibetius is better
0: oh you decided on on which topic we talk Okay.
1: Well, no, I'm just looking so at your outline the, and no, I see just, that.
0: <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Um, you say it's better? Why it's better?
1: They're cuter, pretty much.
0: <laughs> but they look almost identical, don't they?
1: They do have that weird carapace thing going on. Uh, I can afford panthopedias. I can't really justify the cost of some of the uh, Xenthesis.
0: <laughs> Xenestis.
1: <laughs> the nest. those are so expensive every time i see them
0: also the imanis like the more normal one not this yeah that's what i
1: have yeah
0: they're still quite expensive or
1: i know i i okay. got mine from tom but you know he i don't think he i, I don't want to say like he gave me a deal but i think he mm. gave me a deal <laughs>
0: yeah so are we i don't know are we already talking for the I'm not so sure about that. If yeah, why
1: not? Why not?
0: Yeah, it's a chaotic episode and podcast. We're
1: catching up.
0: We are. There are we quite a lot some to talk about. Yeah, there have been quite some, some, some things going on in the last almost five months now. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I I note down some some outlines we could talk about. So. There will be, so just for the audience out there, maybe uh, what we like better, you heard it, Xenestis or Um But there will be also other topics. I don't know if we find the time today, but uh, it's more like on how efficient you have to be as a tarantula keeper or how efficient you can be with what routines you have, like cleaning, feeding and stuff. But also I think quite recently we just catched up on a topic regarding the semi, semi semi-arboreal semi semi-terrestrial part yeah. so which species are which and that we get quite some comments uh, on some pictures and sometimes videos like no this is a semi-arboreal one uh, you have to keep it differently so that would be maybe also interesting
1: yeah i think we should totally just jump into that because i feel like we both have some stuff to say
0: <laughs> and it's quite a recent one right so
1: yeah, sure. you know that I think that's a good place to start today. <laughs> so so I don't know like your feelings uh on the semi arboreal topic, but I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about it cuz I feel like you have some strong feelings on it. I obviously have some as well. <laughs> but um basically what inspired this topic was a comment that I got on one of my more recent feeding videos where somebody wanted to correct my obt enclosure which might i say i i do like my obt enclosure it's one of my better enclosures i feel like there's a lot of substrate for it there's some cork to web up but i've raised this obt from a sling and it's always been a burrower it likes to burrow it stays in its burrow it doesn't come out very often if it does it's to eat and I'm okay with that. Like, I don't really care if I see it a lot or if I don't, um, I just don't film it much because I don't see it much and, and that it is what it is. But I mentioned that in my feeding video and somebody wanted to correct my enclosure and say it's semi-arboreal and I should change its enclosure so that I would see it more because it would web more and be out more webbing. Mm-hmm. And my response was, no, it, it's a burrower. Um. I I, you want to expand on that classic girl
0: (laughs) yeah sure why not it's it's a topic we also have of course here in in Switzerland and and the local communities we have here and I think like 10-15 years ago quite some species at least here in Switzerland considered semi-arboreal like from the veterans who keep them for like 20 years already they just like mentioned like for example, chromatopelma cyanopobestens. The yeah. How do you say the GBB? Uh, the green bottle blue. Green bottle blue, right? And um, that this one should be a is a completely semi-arboreal one, so they will like live in the trees, uh, like up to two meters, which is around I would say four feet in height. And uh, but but I think the whole topic is is really hard to you know, like transmit into the hobby because in the wild all these tarantulas behave quite differently altogether and for like your example with the Pterinogilus murinos there have been like observations made in the in the wild that these actually live on some trees around 2 meters in height um which like when you see them for the first time in the wild you you think that's an arboreal tarantula right but they also live in the ground or on typical fossorial species. So also in, in nature, they just live where it is the best place to live in that particular moment. And I think it's really hard to just force a lifestyle into an enclosure when you keep them as pets.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's a very adaptable species. So, I mean, if you're going to keep it semi arboreally or whatever, then yeah, it's going to web up more and you're going to see it more. But if you give it the opportunity, I feel like to burrow, that's what they're going to do first. Like that's going to be their first instinct typically in captivity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they feel like very secure doing it. Like I said, I don't really see mine. I never really do. (laughs) It does web a lot, but you know, it stays in its burrow and it's hide and i'm cool with that because that it's a chill obt because it's comfortable
0: yeah yeah true but there are also other species of tarantulas for example the psalmopoeus cambridgei the trinidad Deveran tarantula which uh, i've kept many many specimens and especially as as long young uh, spiderlings they They tend to use quite a lot of dirt when they do their webbing. So you you keep them in little plastic boxes, you raise them up to adulthood. And like most of the time, they just incorporate substrate into their webbing. And when we've been to Trinidad around three years ago, where we found them in the wild, we of course found uh, specimens on trees, but we, to our surprise, actually, we did find specimens of Psalmopeus cambridgei on the roadside embankment, like mm-hmm. just a, like a, a fossorial terrestrial tarantula. There was no sticks, there were no leaves, but this specimen just like webbed dirt and made its own silk webbing on this roadside embankment. Like it's an, I don't know, Hilobrachis species. So <laughs> I think they're very opportunistic. And when the climate is okay, they just live where they would like to live
1: yeah so we're gonna call them (laughs) semi-fossorial
0: yeah that that would be a great term (laughs) yeah because there are many tarantulas out there who behave differently in the wild than they do when you keep them as pets so i think another example would be these almost all of the asian arboreal tarantulas like the Certain agopus like the shield or the the purple, I don't know the common name, but the violaceopus, the lampropelma, like the violaceopus, mm-hmm. for example, where like they they're getting huge, they, they did just immense uh, arboreal tarantulas, almost bigger, or in some cases bigger than the petiolateria ones. But uh, yeah, small spiderlings they just like to web a lot, and even as adults they tend to live in yeah. a fossorial lifestyle when you keep them in captivity but in the wild they will always be on trees at least 4 to 5 meters in height you you can't even get them to see them it's, it's crazy so what yeah, did you that is, answer I'm not
1: really familiar with like uh the asian s- species really at all in fact i don't i think i well i have a piece of theria metallica, but i don't really have any like, like any from the asian other ones species, really yeah. no i know the purple tree spider you were talking about those are pretty cool but mm. i just don't i i keep you know new worlds mostly so
0: yeah but they i'm not a fan of them because i had too many losses they're really worse as avicularia worse than avicularia in my opinion they wow. just eat the problem with like when you keep pink toes avicularia you mostly have problems when raising them so will they will. Die when you you raise them as spiderlings um, but the uh, at least in my end and and from some explanations from colleagues that they have or had um almost adult specimens um, dying from these Asian uh, arboreals, so they just from one day on the other it was just dead and there is no like death curl involved they're just sitting on the tree you you placed into your enclosure and it was sitting there dead so it's crazy i don't know yeah yeah
1: i think there's some that that just don't ever really adapt to captivity very well and i mean that's probably the case for that
0: Mm. so what else did we miss on in the last couple of months was there any drama out there or any news (laughs) to catch i have a list with some i don't know some some tarantula news like at least uh science-related, but uh, I don't know, maybe we have some other points to cover. There have been other podcasts, so I have to admit that I've listened to some other tarantula podcasts, because why not? Yeah. Enjoyed them. They're quite lengthy. Two hours, one hour and 50 minutes, so that's (laughs) crazy. I'm pretty sure I can't talk that much for such a long period of time.
1: Well... I don't I don't know. <laughs> I feel like we maybe we could if we were more organized. <laughs> but why we both You're exposing uh, I think, us. <laughs> I know. I well, well, I think we put a lot of other things. We have a, we both have other things going on. Yeah. Um but oh, I just heard me echo. Uh-oh.
0: I was too close to the mic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We got it together, guys. We're good. <laughs> Professional. i listen to um i don't really listen to that to podcast like much at all um but yeah i've listened to tom's a few times and richards that's it can that's
0: yeah (laughs) yeah i can hear you (laughs) i (laughs) i'm enjoying your explanation
1: (laughs) that's i don't know i don't i'm i'm not a podcast i mean on youtube if something's on youtube i'll play it as background noise or something but i'm not a big podcast person i don't know if i could comment too much i guess let let me think what's the oh the most recent podcast i saw was um richards with coyote peterson and um tarantula cribs that's the last one i've seen did you see that one
0: I listened to it. I didn't see it on on YouTube, but uh, yeah, I I heard it. Tarantula venom. That's yeah. a good one. You can listen to them if you're into podcasts. Probably you've already heard of them. So
1: yeah, I've been asked a million times if I've ever been bit, and so they did. And I'm sure you have too. Yeah. So it was interesting because, well, Coyote Peterson never was bit by a tarantula. They covered that. Mm-hmm. So you haven't, right?
0: No, I haven't been bit by a tarantula, but. I've got stung by a scorpion. Oh, yeah!
1: Story time. Story
0: time. <laughs> Didn't yeah, I tell that here. before? On the I thought that would be one of the stories I I certainly told before in the podcast, but probably not then.
1: No. Not that I've heard.
0: Well, it's a well, it's not a a long story. But first of all, it was a, not a pet scorpion. It was a wild scorpion, and I just broke my mic. <laughs> Yeah, we're professionals at work. You you have to so
1: many technical difficulties. Yeah,
0: it's today. like we have spent like 30 minutes before we even could record without echo and now the mic falls <laughs> apart and there is no there's no video so we can't see each other and we don't know this when someone wants podcast. to talk. It's like but it is the best podcast, yeah. We have to <laughs> No, but anyway. So how
1: did you get stung?
0: I got stung um on our field trip in Nicaragua in 2012. We've been there on a field trip for a couple of weeks, uh, collecting tarantulas for a museum, and um, then we've spent some nights at a yeah little hostel resort. It's not a resort; it's it's a basic basic hostel n- near the beach. And uh, then, of course, you just uh, when you go to bed, you 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 put your shoes. Like somewhere, then the scorpions can't get in, right? So you put the lashes together and hang them up somewhere so no actual critter can walk into the shoes. So that's what I always do. And also this night, of course. What is making noise in the background? Is that your cricket? Me? Yeah. Do you have crickets? No? Something mm, is chirping. No. But...
1: Oh, it's a bird it's outside. It's a bird. You want me Why? to go tell it to shut up? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. All good.
1: It's spring here, all right. We're gonna have to deal. Yeah, with.
0: <laughs> true. I, I made all the precautions that no scorpion can get into my shoes, and it was a hiking boot, like which goes almost over your ankles. Of course, you have to tie it up on the next morning, and I got into my boots the next morning, and I just used both of these shoes, completely tied up until the top, and then I made a step forwards, and then I stepped on the scorpion which was in the shoe and it stung me and it just hurt like crazy and (laughs) because i tied up the shoe completely it was a hiking boot i was like jumping around and and (laughs) getting the shoe off and it stung me like three times because it was like all tied up in this in this hiking boot so it was Uh. immense pain and of course i was shocked because never happened to me before and uh I Didn't know what it was until I just got the sh- got rid of the whole shoe, of course, and uh I saw the scorpion, and I have a picture somewhere i'll send it to you, and the scorpion in the end was almost almost as big as the whole shoe so it's oh my it's, god it's, it it was extremely big scorpion really, and uh we got <laughs> did it did you
1: kill it by accident
0: yeah, I think it well in the end, we did collect it for the museum though um but oh. But yeah, I I probably heard it that much that it uh, it died in the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not like that's your fault at all.
0: Yeah, well, short story, it was like, I think think like three hours of pain, maybe four hours of pain. And I just laid into the hammock at the beach and (laughs) uh, (laughs) took some antihistamine because I didn't want to get any allergic reactions. The next hospital was like... Eight hours away. So we decided to not drive to the hospital because we knew that it's not a lethal scorpion There are no lethal scorpions yeah. in Nicaragua. So we knew that it was a I think it was a centruroides picolor <clears> Once <throat> to look it up quite a beautiful scorpion um, Yeah, I'm not Yeah,
1: very familiar with scorpions to be honest. I only have a couple
0: and then like after these three hours of pain it was like on a drug trip when you took some medicine it's most likely that when you're high it feels like that and i was just chilling for like eight hours in this hammock oh. with a with a high high feeling yeah <laughs> it was quite an event
1: that is crazy yeah i definitely didn't hear that story before mm. i've never been stung by anything cool well i did jellyfish i did get i think that's what oh, it was okay. that got me but it was um a long time ago i was in like middle school and it was like a school field trip we took to florida and it was like kind of by the keys we were staying Mm -hmm. and you know we were just at the beach or whatever and i wandered into the water kind of far away and i just i started like screaming and being like ow ow like and i just my legs started burning and i was like freaking out and like so like some students and stuff like came like they all kind of came running over to me and then they all started feeling the same thing and we were like, ow, ow. And I remember like somebody like carried me back to the shore. Oh, quite horrible, okay. Were, yeah, my legs were covered in these like red dots, just like stung like by something all over. Oof. And I think what we all kind of figured it was like some baby jellyfish kind of swimming through or something. Mm. But um, that was a lot, <laughs> a lot yeah. of mistakes. And I just, I mean, I was sat in the sand and it, it got better just sitting there eventually Mm. but oh god I just still to this day like that was all the way back in middle school and I just remember oh
0: pain you never forget then yeah crazy events
1: not as cool as a scorpion though I will say
0: yeah well it's a story to tell now but at that day I was like the first impression you're just so scared like what is in my shoe that like fit or stung me (laughs) at this morning like you're still you did not have any coffee right just tied up your hiking boot you're making a step forward and because you're you were already in the shoes for like i tied first the left one then i tied the right one no scorpions thing and then when i started walking i yeah put the whole pressure on the scorpion and then it got then i got stung but it's like i didn't realize and of course like every morning I, i i shake the boots prior to like putting them on
1: well, yeah, and it
0: was underneath a—I don't know the English word—but there were some kind of inlays. Yeah. But so underneath insult. that, so I was shaking it, <laughs> and the scorpion just hid there, thinking it had got the perfect hiding spot. Ah, <laughs> oh, that poor scorpion.
1: Yeah, I well, you know, it's funny because, like, I totally get the shaking it out and everything because, you know, we have the dreaded brown recluse here, mm-hmm. and. you know if you have wandered inside in the past and i've caught them kept some set some free you know and anytime i have like a pair of pants on the the floor or some shoes um that kind of slid under the couch the first thing i do is shake them out and check them to make sure because i mean as is harmless typically a brown recluse bite is you don't want to get bit by anything sure so I always like, you know, everything if it's on the floor. Yeah. Gotta shake it out first. You don't know what decided to try to live in it.
0: True. Yeah, these are the when you like hurt the animals like on accident, they have to defend themselves and that's like yeah. their oh, only yeah. reaction. So yeah. Bad stories. Bad stories. That's
1: I think that's probably the only way to get really bit mm. by a brown recluse is if it's in your clothes or your shoes yeah. and you have that pressure applied and then you know,
0: yeah, so you get the best tips here on this podcast. Don't get bitten by a scorpion, no, stung by a scorpion, and don't get bit by a brown recluse. <laughs> Always shake your stuff.
1: <laughs> Always shake yeah. yourself. Can you imagine, though, living in like Australia or something? You know, that would be
0: well, I think I well, you you mentioned it just now. you're shaking your stuff every time. Or is it like...
1: Yeah, I always do. Really? Okay. Because what I think is
0: when I would probably live in a country like this who has like dangerous animals like that, I probably I would not do it every time or like start with it and then not always. You you know what I mean? Like you probably think, well, it never happened. So now I just shake my shoes only every second (laughs) day or something. And then it probably happens. So... But
1: If it's like a boot or something, I always do. If it's sandals, no, I don't. But like like if it's like if I leave sweatpants on the bathroom floor, you know, one time I was I was just sitting in the bathroom and a brown recluse just fell on top of me from this. I don't know Mm. why it was on the ceiling or how it got there. And, you know, it just fell on top of me. So (laughs) if there's any like pants or anything that have been on the floor in the bathroom, I always turn them inside out and shake them before I put them back on Eric's not great about it, and I he, i mean, you know, there's no telling what he got bit by, but he definitely got bit by something one time, and it was kind of, you know, red and irritated and stuff, and I was like, you got to shake your pants out, because mm. I guarantee you it was from something on the bathroom floor. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> wow, we have so many topics, and we have to get used to the podcast game again.
1: I know. I think this is a nice, like, little easing way back into... I think so doing the podcast again
0: i think so so let me cover some tarantula news i got a list with three topics and i just break it down easily for the audience and maybe for you because you've heard of it the first one would be that there is a new tarantula genus so we have a new one in 2021 for i hear you typing
1: i'm i'm so sorry everyone
0: out there you, you hear that I cover interesting news and facts for you <laughs> and for, for Kath. But what is she doing?
1: I'm literally She's answering just, a question right mm-hmm. now. Like some I'm lit they said they want it, they need to euthanize their tarantula. I typed refrigerator first, then freezer. All right, I'm done. Go on.
0: <laughs> Silence. <laughs> no, but anyway, just three quick news. Um there is a new tarantula genus from South America, the only one we have right now. So they're like Different new species and genus, genera described all the time. Uh, this is called Yamu It is a genus from um, Venezuela, uh, from the subfamily Schismatotelinae, which is, fun fact, a close relative to the arboreal tarantulas like Psalmopoeus, even though it is not arboreal. So that's nice to know. And another nice revision we, which is out there. Would be about tropical harvestmen, you've seen that one, like the, no. the colorful harvestmen, yeah, quite nice paper, and uh, some really colorful harvest with like blues and greens and reds
1: <clears throat> what's it called? tropical harvest men? yeah,
0: tropical harvest Men's from Chile oh, they're wow. really beautiful, yeah
1: I love harvest yeah, these Amazing. are super cool. Yeah.
0: And they're quite big as well, so I'm not sure why they're not in the hobby or pet trade. Um, because yeah. they 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 reach quite huge sizes for a harvestman, and they're like with spikes all over the body and yeah, awesome coloration. That's crazy. It's really really magnificent animals. And they now have revised the genus and uh, placed some new species there and made quite an effort, obviously. Yeah. And the last news would be that there is a new paper on the way because now we've finally finished our work on, on some new new tarantulas from a certain continent. So it is submitted now. And I think maybe if you're lucky, we can talk about um, this paper when, when the next podcast airs in around two to three months or so. So, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Quite happy that we finished now on another um, taxonomic work and hopefully it will get all through. Yeah. That's it. We need some sound effects. A real podcast has sound effects.
1: You can just do the sound effects like with your mouth and like mm. the was pretty cool.
0: In the last, like in my newest YouTube video, I, I did that in the intro without joking now. It's.
1: Yeah. By the way, let's talk about that. <laughs> you um, posted a video and stole my title.
0: Well, that's debatable. <laughs> but yeah, some. Uh-huh. I don't know what happened. You probably read through my notes somewhere, so you get your like impressions and topics for your next video. Uh, and yes. there you saw <laughs> that I make a video about angry tarantulas who did not get feed or fed. I think that was the case.
1: Yeah, that must have been mm. it. Tarantulas attack gummy worms. You yours was did you change yours? I,
0: I did change the the title. <laughs> I don't know what the initial title was like from my patrons. I got the, so I, I showed the video oh. first to my patrons and they immediately sent feedback and said, well, that's way too clickbaity. Don't do that. Like don't put angry uh, and, and uh, feeding and stuff. No feeding was okay. But I think the angry part and the the whole clickbait stuff was, was too much. And I kind of give them like, it's true. It was, it was maybe way over the top, but then, I thought, well, maybe that's something new. New audience wants to see, and it gets some attraction, and then you just, yeah, continue with your. Yeah, I see. So you
1: changed it to when tarantulas attack while feeding. Yeah, them.
0: and in the in the title. I
1: I but here's the thing, like you know, people if they want to see your content be more widespread, that's the game you have to play, and it's the sad truth of yeah. the internet and of YouTube. If if you if like, and I I mean I hate to say it, but like you're going to have to make a title that's going to make people click on yeah. it. And that's how your content is going to go bigger. And, you know, you have a lot to offer, mm. especially like more than more than some because you have that scientific aspect of your videos. And so, you know, maybe calling them angry could shine like a more negative light onto them somehow. But um, that's not the video, yeah. you know, like they're not actually i mean they probably were a little yeah
0: probably off
1: (laughs) you know so it's not even really clickbait it's the truth but like i see both sides for sure but like you definitely need to title things to get people's attention if you want your voice to be bigger i guess to say and
0: yeah
1: i understand both both sides of it i I didn't think there was anything wrong with the original title Mm. though
0: Um, yeah well it's the same with like title and thumbnail right so you you just have to get like the intention and this whole there's so many videos on this platform it's unbelievable and you need to get the 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 people like clicking on the video and then the actual content starts so i really changed my my thinking about this um and your approach yeah yeah. i don't know but what i wanted to say is that I had in the title something with tickling tarantulas out or tickling. Yeah. And the video just did not perform. It was like I had 3% click-through rate. Like three people out of 100 clicked the video. And I was like, what is wrong? And then I changed the title. The the thumbnail was identical, I think. And now after like these couple of days, um, YouTube actually shows you – like where it got recommended on which video it got recommended right on which search Mm -hmm. uh, terms were used to find your video and there was like tickling feet and it was like recommended (laughs) like on videos about feet tickling and stuff and say like of course no one is (laughs) clicking that because people are looking for like how to tickle feet or some fetish I don't know and then it's my beautiful. and then my tarantula video tickling tarantulas is right next to them. Of course I have like 3% of click through rate. It's like insane. So I
1: I think the title and th- I'm looking at it right now. The title and the thumbnail look good. I think you're doing like your your titles are not clickbait. They're they're really yeah. good. So I don't I changed
0: know. I hope that Hold it on. does not get recommended now to people who like tickling feet. That no, would be it better. Shouldn't. But, um,
1: I don't look that deep into my analytics, so I wouldn't want yeah, to. Yeah, don't do it. After hearing that, I don't know. If
0: <laughs> don't do not do it. It's a rabbit hole.
1: I just like, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know. that. That's the, and I've even heard Tom Moran talk about this on his podcast, how he feels frustrated about how content is pushed on YouTube. And I've said this time and time again to like people who ask me like, how do how do you get your videos to perform or this or that? And it's like, you know, you have your title and your thumbnail are probably like one of the biggest parts mm. of your channel. So make sure that it's a good title and a good thumbnail, and pray to the algorithm gods that it you know it'll be pushed. Yeah. Um, but what's frustrating to me, and, and I know this is frustrating to a lot of other tarantula or animal YouTubers. I know Pecco feels this way for sure. It, um, even Dion Reptiliatus, we've talked about this so many times. It's so frustrating when we put a lot of work and effort and research into a, a video. And, you know, it's maybe it's a little bit more like educational or, or something, you know, and then YouTube just doesn't push it at mm. all and it doesn't get the attention. But then we'll do something, you know, that's just kind of like a casual, just kind of like maybe i'll do like a feeding video and you know it's just like a fun little feeding video which i you know i still like making those and everything but it's not as much effort and research but that will outperform anything that i put mm. you know that thought into like that more deep thought into. Yeah, totally <laughs> and it's it. just so frustrating yeah. so i frustrating. have like
0: three or four times more views when i record a, a tarantula i have back in my collection feeding them or doing whatever with it but when i like I'm in mean, some country showing some tarantula. It's like one fourth of the of the view count. It's like, but yeah, uh,
1: yeah, that, that's
0: how yeah, it is. And 100%. the people out there, you have to make content for for the the audience, which is on YouTube. And I really like me personally. I I really changed my mindset in the last like six months or so, because prior to yeah. that, I really thought like, why have these amazing channels like. For Example, Andrew Smith loves tarantulas or or boxing yeah, stuff yeah. like Guy Tansley, who do these, these uh, tarantula in the wild videos for like I don't know four or five years on YouTube, but of course, prior to that, um, even longer. And they have so less views and, and so few subscribers,
1: isn't that so frustrating? Yeah, it, it's 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 crazy, it's so but, hard. I mean, and it's not,
0: but at the same time, sorry, sorry yeah, but at the same time it's like there is no actual video put together you you want to watch uh, regardless of the content like it's not structured to keep someone's attention it's it's just there like if you would go on a on a vacation and you film the stuff you you're interested in and you put it on a platform but it is not i really learned that i think really in the last couple of months that it is it is hard to get someone's attention and it's it's quite that- it's an art form in the end, right? That you you can 100%. make a video that is like someone watches through and has these moments to like, oh no, I I, I watch like thirty seconds more because she said that this will happen, and and that's that's quite yeah. uh, interesting. So now I'm probably no longer that mean when when some. <laughs> or not mean is the wrong word, but I was quite of upset when I see like feeding videos perform so good and educational content yeah. performs so badly or so poorly. But when I now analyze these videos, it's entertaining to watch a simple feeding video because it's so well put together.
1: And, and I feel that same way. And it's like, I love, to do just a simple feeding video, but I also love to kind of, and, and I don't, you know, I'm not as scientific as like you and, you know, Andrew and everybody I'm not <laughs> or experienced, but like, you know, there are some videos that I really put some time and effort yeah. into and it's not as, you know, fun, I guess, to watch as a feeding video. And I understand that. And that's, that it is what it is, but I think what is important for people to realize, um, and and it kind of goes back into that education versus entertainment divide. I'm not saying that somebody deserves the views and attention more than another creator. I think everybody who puts time and effort into making something deserves the views or, you know, whatever. They, they deserve that. Mm-hmm. But I understand that, like, people get frustrated yeah, when this more mindless content outperforms something that like people have mm. like done a lot of research or scientific or new scientific news like i understand that's frustrating it it all falls down low on the people because exactly. it's the people that are clicking the videos it's not the creator's yeah, fault that's true you know that like this channel is growing and this channel isn't growing as rapidly even though you might like the content better on a channel that's smaller um you know Absolutely. it's not that doesn't mean you need to be pissed off at the creator that is getting all of that views that you think the other channel deserves i think both channels deserve it to mm. be honest
0: yeah it's the people and it's the it's the platform and especially when you look at like andrew smith and guy tensley's work they're extremely successful with their own documentaries where they release them on dvd yeah. and digitally so they sell they they produce uh, documentaries on tarantulas and they sell them and they just recently made a fundraiser crowdsourcing campaign where they like asked for I think three thousand dollars to finish their work and they get yeah and they got so many supporters they are like at eight thousand that's amazing 000. so they tripled that they got eight thousand dollars or something to finish their their documentary yeah. so again it's it's about and the i'm platform, always happy right? to help it's about the platform they yeah, exactly it's, it's not, you can't produce a documentary which is 1 hour long and then put it on youtube it will not perform because it's not content made for youtube for these short attention spans and everything yeah totally fine
1: i feel the same way and and, and especially with yeah. like andrew and his work and stuff like that if if they ever reach out and say you know like hey do you mind you mm. know linking this or whatever we're working on this like i'm always willing to to do that and i know that even peco he sure. will do it typically like he has done you know it, i think for andrew yeah. i'm pretty sure but um you know those chan and i love both mm. those channels that you mentioned but it's just the YouTube algorithm, it, it's absolutely. not, it's not exotic slayer out here. Like no, no, no. You know, it, it, it's, he, you know, he's. Yeah, it's the platform. The, the algorithm liked his videos. Yeah, the platform absolutely. likes his videos. His subscribers like his videos. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, but I, I understand that it can be frustrating when something, <laughs> you know, doesn't perform like it deserves to perform.
0: yeah I'll also like change my videos now. And that's what I decided, like, it's like pure YouTube content. But at the same time, because, of course, I admire the work of Andrew and Guy, that I'll do a short uh, documentary on Tarantulas, but I will not release it on YouTube, right? It's like a separate yeah. work. I don't know how long, if it's a 30-minute, 40-minute, 50-minute, whatever documentary. um, But it's not YouTube content. It's completely different. Yeah. Different movie style and everything. But yeah. So I'll just change the things and uh yeah, YouTube content is YouTube content and scientific work is scientific work. So
1: yeah. I mean, but honestly, your channel, I feel like it's it's really good on both um the direction you've gone into lately, like watching every video. Uh, it seems like it's your scientific content, but more catered towards YouTube and you know, you've just found a way to kind of work it in together to work for you. And yeah, sure. That's good. It's fun. That's definitely good. That'll attract more people to your channel. And, you know, you have good information to give. That's pretty, you know, win win, in my yeah. opinion. Like I feel like your content is very scientific, um, but you do have like that entertaining aspect too. Whereas like my content is just different, so I don't think it's fair really to just because we're covering the same topic. I don't think it's fair to really compare our channels because we're coming from different sides of the hobby, yeah. and that goes back into this <laughs> whole True, podcast. Yeah. We're really two different sides of the hobby. You know, you're out in the field looking yeah. at you know specimens, working on research and papers and stuff like that i'm at home you know yeah, but that's
0: the fun part of looking the whole hobby, at them right? that everyone has their yeah. place and everyone has fun and their passion on these animals just in a different way and
1: exactly yeah
0: that's that's just great it and is, it's fun it to is. see now for me that like on some topics i thought like well that's not worth producing it because it's way too scientific and then i saw the video yesterday actually it was on the live premiere of uh Richard from Tarantula Collective, he's like, he did a video on urticating hairs. And I was like- Oh
1: yeah, Why? I haven't seen I like, that one yet. That's but crazy, I, yeah. he
0: just did a video on a extremely scientific topic. And uh, I was like, okay, so that's that's usually not his like more entertaining content, but of course it's, it's still informational. And then I was yeah. surprised how, how like the people in the chat like, oh, thanks that showing me these urticating hairs more up close. And I was like, man, there have been so many times I thought, well, that's not worth producing it, or that's not something people want to see, and I just did not do it. And he just does it, and yeah, it's it's
1: never no amazing to see that yeah, there
0: are people out there for every content, right? And uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that was a that was I think it was yesterday. Pretty amazed by it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was yesterday. Yeah. I meant to, I haven't watched it yet. I, I don't know too terribly much about eradicating hair. So I was interested in that, but yeah, I mean, never, (laughs) never think that a topic isn't going to work. I mean, it, you can really make it work, (laughs) you know, like, and I, I've done things off topic too on my channel, like animal Mm -hmm. crossing or Amber with insects and stuff like that. And you can kind of mold it into a way to fit your channel and your style
0: yeah great so much different content out there for everyone crazy yeah
1: because nobody like I mean as much I love to do this or that and I can do as many feeding videos as I feel Mm -hmm. like it and whatever and I like that repetitive content I know people like it too and you know that's cool but like you know sometimes you want to go off script a little bit and do something else that you have an idea about never write off an idea if you think it's good to just go for it (laughs) If it doesn't perform good, then it doesn't perform good. Don't do it again yeah, if you don't want true. to. But
0: so, what do you think about the last topic, which we can briefly start with? And if it's too much, we can continue oh, yeah. in the next one to get the people hooked for for.
1: Let me see. Let me scroll it back. Is up. maybe
0: well. I thought about hobby yeah. versus business. Well, simply put, right. simply put, from my impression, in the like, like the, 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 the about the U.S. hobby, like. With all the videos I see from U.S. creators and uh, Arachno boards, there is still a huge role of the typical traditional pet supplier who has like all these different tarantulas for sale, like Avicularia, Avicularia pink toe, or like Avanopelma semani in, in in quite large numbers. But at the same time, you also have a like um, these professional tarantula breeders, right, who who breed all these different tarantulas for the US hobby, but in Europe I think there is almost no commercial pet trade on tarantulas, like if I go to a pet shop where there is like pet stuff to buy for other animals, yeah. I will typically not find any tarantula there there are just no I don't know, imported yeah. wild-caught tarantulas for sale, it's I don't know if it's how it is in other countries, but I think pretty much in like Germany and, and Switzerland and Austria, it's just not a, a thing. My question would be like, how is the hobby different maybe from the U.S. and the pet trade uh, uh, from the U.S. and Europe? Because when you when you, you you're, when you live in Europe, your first impression of a tarantula is most likely uh, to be in like from someone's private's collection or from a like hobby breeder. But in the US, I got the impression yeah. that your first encounter with the tarantula would most likely be with a specimen from the pet supplier in a pet shop.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> no, you're right. Actually, like thinking about it, it's funny you say that because I remember the first time I really saw like a tarantula was at a pet shop like years and years and years ago. I remember I took a picture and it was a mature male t Surmy. Mm-hmm. And I remember just seeing it, and it was like huge and, oh my God, it was in this giant bin. And that was my first impression of like seeing a tarantula mm-hmm. in real life ever. It was not, you know, somebody like a, from a friend or anything like that. It was a yeah. pet store.
0: So it, there is probably a difference then, no? Okay, funny. Mm. I would
1: guess, yeah. But with the hobby versus business aspect, I see you're saying, um, you also say money first. That is a, something we see argued a lot yeah
0: what
1: did well, you uh what were you thinking when you wrote that's that? that's true
0: yeah <laughs> it was like a two-sided <laughs> one so I, that's true yeah I, there there is another um topic within that hobby versus business like versus is not probably the right word but i think i come to an age when you when i say that earlier in earlier times everything was better i don't know if you have that impression uh, that thing old people say <laughs> Like back in my times everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back yeah, in my exactly. day. <laughs> so I think I'm I'm starting to get into that age now. Um because
1: How old are you? Thirty six? Ah, thirty. Yeah. I'm
0: 30. No. yeah. I am thirty. Yeah. I turned thirty like two two months ago.
1: No, you're not the same. I'm not I'm yeah, almost thirty. It's, you're not thirty. Are you lying to no, our I'm viewers? Not. I thought you were like thirty-two or nah, thirty-four no, or no. something.
0: I turned thirty just two months ago
1: oh yeah. okay you,
0: you even sent me birthday wishes <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but where was i uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well back in my days when i when i started <laughs> like 15 years ago um and i did not have any like I, for, I saw my first tarantulas at, at friends' place and everything. So there was no involvement with like pet shops who like sell tarantulas. So there was just no commercial aspect of it. And the first like five years, there was almost no money involved in everything. Like there is a group of people in Switzerland. You have like these 20 to 30 people. You like have a monthly... um how do you say like a meetup? You, you you meet with these 30 people once a month. Expo. No, it's not an expo, it's just like a local community meetup. Like the 30 insane okay. people who keep tarantulas just meet up at, at someone's place <sighs> and they just hang out. One makes a little presentation maybe of something, or not, and, and we just have food and everything and chit chat and 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 share tarantulas. And now that's the point. We just shared tarantulas like someone bred a specific species. He got like a hundred specimens of it and he brings them with them and asks her, well, has someone, is someone wants like some Psymopeus erminia and the other one comes and says, well, I just bred Turiocosmos elegans. Do you want to change and swap specimens? Yeah, sure. And almost everything, you just swapped one by one because there was no price tag. So it's like, yeah of course there were certain species who were like more valuable and then you you got like two specimens or you gave one specimen and you got two specimens from another species but in the first few years and especially in that little community we we had there there was just no commercial aspect of it and that was yeah so unreal when i think back to it
1: simpler time it not so
0: long ago um and but at the same time now it's it's still happening but not at that scale because the hobby just got so huge like i'm sure in the us too but also in europe like the first shows there there is one international show in in germany where like everyone from all of europe comes together like twice a year and the first one was i don't know quite small and the one now is like five times the size or something it's still small relevant to like reptile shows but it grows so hard crazy
1: yeah i mean that i mean it is to be honest though i'm sorry if you hear my bearded dragon he's trying to dig his (laughs) way out of his enclosure today um but it's is there really that much money to be made in vending and selling tarantulas because i really don't feel like there is unless you're like very deep into it like yeah well at least here anyway because i mean because we have you know all these imports like you have to you know licensing and all that costs money there's so many costs that would come with Mm. being a vendor in the first place to some of these vendors i wonder if they even cut even because it's can be so costly
0: yeah well i can't talk business i I don't know but it's certainly not feasible to live yeah. out of tarantula sales here in Switzerland. It's like the cost of living is way not too high, either. and you can't even sell that many tarantulas. But there are places in Europe you can easily live um, because your cost of living is not that high, and you can sell in like other countries. For example, if you're you're a tarantula breeder in Czechoslovakia or in Poland uh, and your cost of living of your house and the electricity bill is just way lower um, then yeah. you probably can live um, off of your tarantula sales. I can imagine that at least because there are quite a few breeders out there who do it at such yeah. a huge scale yeah really? well there is like some like Spiders World EU and stuff in EU
1: uh, yeah and, and others. is that where is that I based think,
0: oh, I don't want to say wrong stuff but I think they're in Poland I, I just there's so many different uh-huh. jobs who have a similar name I I can't I, I'm not sure you
1: mentioned, mentioned Czechoslovakia Czech Republic, Czech Republic, yeah, Republic yeah for right? example yeah that's cool I didn't even know that. I'm actually like I, I had my I, I have some Czech <laughs> in me um so I know a little bit about the Czech Republic and stuff like that I didn't I mean I guess it would make sense that the yeah, hobbies well, everywhere yeah really now it, it is but you know it's just it's yeah. crazy to think of every country probably has like a really interesting little mm, tarantula scene
0: absolutely yeah so that's something i want to ask you if it's like i don't know why but i look the amount of people up who live in the u.s you know how many people live in the u.s it's isn't it like
1: 340 million, million or something
0: live in the u.s
1: 230 million really i thought it was like more than that so uh,
0: u.s population okay but i'm like wrong you're right th- 300 it's 380 million and 30 million people
1: 330 million yeah that sounds more right
0: <laughs> you're correct and at the same time you think how many people live in europe like in all these little countries france germany poland Czechoslovakia, Switzerland, Spain—like this—is considered EU, right? Yeah. There are 750 yeah. million people, so wow. it's like <laughs> double the size in terms of people. And that was not. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. So that's why there's so many more people probably involved in in tarantula keeping in Europe than in uh, in the US.
1: I I will say, and it it's really um, I don't I don't know, but basically when I got into the hobby. It was like four years ago now, I think four years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm still a baby in the hobby, but I remember when I first got into it, um, you know, we have show me snakes shows here, like every, well, we used to like every month or so forth. Um, but when I would go to them, I wouldn't see many tarantula vendors or anything. Um, maybe just a couple, but now, um, I haven't been to a show, you know, since COVID and everything, but I know people who have, and even before COVID, I just saw it building more and more and more and more tarantulas, every show, more tarantulas. And I know Mickey was trying to get more and more uh, tarantula vendors and stuff. And meanwhile, I'm like filming these expos um, for my YouTube and it just seemed like the hobby grew Mm -hmm. so much in four years, because four years ago, when, when I would go to an expo here, there would be maybe one tarantula Mm -hmm. vendor or two tarantula vendors. And you know, these are big shows. But there would still only be like one or two tarantula vendors. Now you go and there's so mm. many. And I'm not going to like say that, you know, the growth is because of, you know, me or because of Mickey or whatever. Like it was no one person. I feel like it was me doing YouTube, uh, mm. Mickey doing the shows. We have a couple of local vendors here who were really working on growing their, yep. you know, businesses. And it was like the perfect storm to where it seems like mm. locally the scene yeah. just blew up
0: perfect time you know
1: and yeah exactly everything Mm kind of came together between all of us locally that are keeping and everything it just really blew up and even the local you know pet shops around here um they used to have you know one or two tarantulas maybe 10 now they have you know a bunch of different tarantulas for sale
0: um Mm -hmm. they're
1: breeding and it's cool like i i think it's really cool because we've it it's a yeah. big scene now i feel like locally and i know there's good and bad things about it but it's really cool
0: positive about the whole thing because i think it's great that more people care actually about spiders and tarantulas yeah so that's that's great um but initially with my topic ideas uh like business versus hobby is that when i think back when when i i started this whole thing in i think 2005 or so. the the hobby was smaller mm-hmm. and there was just there was no commercial aspect on it like you went on show in yeah. germany then you saw people on the table um who like have new species you've never seen before there's no picture on the internet of certain species 2005 and they just went to these countries brought back like two or three specimens them successfully and then they almost give it away for free like there is a story i have and i'll just share it here on the podcast then like in 2006 it was my second show on this uh, german fair uh, international tarantula fair they call it and some i don't want to say any names uh, not because it's a problem but I'm just not so into name calling um but there were famous people from yeah. like denmark who are experts in asian tarantulas who spend like many many years 20 years or something in the field researching them and breeding them extremely successful for the pet trade and i didn't know him personally i just chit-chatted with him beforehand via email. We both, like, oh, I really like tarantulas. Yeah, I want to see them one time in the wild. Like, I was a, I was a child back then, right? Like, 15 years old and was, like, just yeah. amazed about how people just travel so far, learn about all these creatures. And then I thought, like, okay, I pull the trigger. I buy these, like, I think, three or four specimens of this Asian arboreal. And then I went to the show and it was like about 100 euros or something it was a really low price for a new species never been in the hobby and then instead of like three or four specimens he had prepared 25 specimens for me to pick up And i was like what why do you (laughs) give me so many species as specimens and this is not like i ordered from two uh, species you give me like all the four ones you found new in the hobby and you give me 25 i have only money for 3 and he says like well you know there's so many cool people in the hobby and we just found this new species and it is for the hobby and i'll give you all of them these four species and 25 specimens and I was like well i just have these 100 euros or something it was like well you don't have to pay i just give them for them for free i was like so amazed about the vibe on on these—it's like it was not about money; it's just about their care for the tarantulas and their care for like people typing in on a keyboard while someone is talking. I'm listening. <laughs> I, <know>. I promise. What <laughs> it was too fun to make a joke about. <laughs>
1: Your mic is too good. No, but But I mean that's that's crazy. Like I couldn't imagine, you know, somebody just being like, "Here's twenty-three tarantulas." And it's a brand new one; it was never bred before.
0: They and Uh, now,
1: now it's like six hundred. Yeah, and now now it's all
0: about money. Like,
1: (laughs) also, it might it might be illegal, but I give me like eight hundred dollars. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) And it
1: It, it's it's almost like drugs. It feels like a very sketchy, like, drug <laughs> thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but...
1: I don't even yeah. know. But you're right. That's I can't even imagine that happening in the four years that I'm in the hobby. You know, nobody no, ever came up to me and offered me 20 It was
0: different Tarantulas. back then. And you still... <laughs> of course, you, you still find people with that mindset. And of course, I'm, I'm very lucky to have, like, people, close people. I still share uh, my, my, like, offspring or captive-bred specimens I have without any value behind because... That's what I wanted to say, and that should be at least the essence of this whole idea behind that it has to be a hobby and it should not get commercialized to that extent that we are in a. I don't know, it's just, it has, we we don't, Uh, I don't see it calling hobby, you know, but everyone has to pay for everything and there has to be a price tag, and there is no community sharing for free. So, okay. ah.
1: You're right, you're right. But I will say, you know, I do have friends that have bred. I've, you know, and I've just bred my jumping spiders. I have not, you know, obviously they're not that expensive. They're common. In the United States, you can find them for free if you're lucky enough to be in their range. But I've literally just given the jumping spiders that I bred to local people. And, you know, I've had people that have bred a species and been like, Hey, do you want a couple absolutely for free? Sure. So I mean that's still happening. You know, I But it's in pockets, and it's you know, it's not like the whole scene, the scene as a whole. It's just little pockets of like, hey, I just bred some, you know, peace lathery. What even? I had a friend, you know, in uh, another state. She had bred um, peace lathery vitata, and you know, you can't sell those across state lines anymore, but you can Mm -hmm. gift them. And you know, as soon as she bred them, she, you know, hey, does anybody want this? Does anybody want that? You know, completely free. It has to be. You know, so I mean, there's still it still exists, but. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of money involved now, yeah, too, I, I think guess.
0: Probably it's my lack of English vocabulary to explain it better, but it's more that we have to present that aspect of the hobby also to the new people so that they all see that we are still doing this kind of thing, right? So I'm not saying that no one is doing it, but I think maybe we should do it more and talk about that we do it more. Yeah. Like, hey, I just gifted... It's like not publicly, but yeah, you know what I mean, maybe. I don't know. It's the,
1: yeah. I think there's I, with I all see these like saying. Celadonia
0: and stuff with like thousands of dollars for a species, obviously somewhat illegal, got into this whole, it's just way too commercialized. And when feels you think dirty. like that, <laughs> just, just 10 years or just no. 15 years, someone brought like yeah. new species and, and to have other people enjoying them. And it was not about the money so yeah
1: Uh uh-huh yeah and there's like also the moral and ethical thing to do I mean for for all of it there's so many like factors in the hobby what's moral what's ethical what's right yeah it's There's so much <laughs> to unpack there. I mean even as far as wild caught specimens. I mean, you're mad at me right now cuz I got a teastermy. So. ah, uh,
0: well, yeah. I didn't want to start the topic, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> Martin and I are not on speaking mm-hmm. terms right now cuz I got a wild caught. You know, I don't know for sure if it's wild caught, but we can probably safely assume that it if it's an adult teastermy, me, yeah, it is.
0: Most likely, depending on the price too. But uh and how yeah. many others he had on the table? So,
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I wasn't yeah, at yeah. the expo. I don't know, but I will go ahead and assume that it is probably wild caught, just like my samani and my hensi. Ah, yeah. Well, actually, I have a hensi that was captive bred. Yeah, my emarina, dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew that. Mm-hmm. She, I'm pretty sure she was wild caught. She's yeah, old we too. We're not
0: getting into that topic because we're over an hour now.
1: What? i know we did good we did really good
0: yeah i think that
1: good podcast to I get could back start. into things yeah. for sure, and
0: even a little bit organized two or three topics
1: yeah i th- i had a good time i think it was uh i i think we covered a lot and just also spoke uh candidly about things and i, I personally i prefer more like um just casual yeah i hate casual professional casual YouTube i don't like it talk. i don't <laughs> yeah that's and that's our differences too. You like to be more professional and have things laid out. I just like to go in the direction <laughs> that things go.
0: <laughs> yeah well you have to submit or, or but, present something of value to your audience because otherwise you could just true. listen to I don't know the birds chirping outside and yeah. Oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, my beard is <laughs> yeah, exactly. trying to claw his way out. No, I think we time. did
0: good, yeah. It was a good first podcast.
1: For sure. We need to have another.
0: And uh, yeah, so. we're working on some guests too, so we're not over delivering now with uh, ideas, of course, for the audience. Guests. There will be guests yeah. in the and we'll, future.
1: we'll probably do a YouTube channel too. I feel like we should. Yeah,
0: well, then I have to definitely work on my audio and video setting, but yeah, we could we could try it. I yeah.
1: mean, why not? <laughs> But yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And if you have any topic suggestions, you can go into the Anchor app and leave us a voice comment. Also, don't forget to check out Martin's channel. He's very scientific, very smart. It's BirdSpiderCH. And then there's my channel, Tarantula Cat, where we just come to have fun and try to learn about spiders. And that's about it.
0: <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> I did Did, not expect that. Didn't
1: that flow good?
0: That was the best outro (laughs) you ever did.
1: Thank you. I really tried.
0: I have nothing to add. Thanks for listening.
1: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Goodbye.